Hell yeah. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I guess it's kind of like an additional podcast. Was it to kind of split well, this up? Is a, this is part two. It's part two. Was it uh, <laughs> good, night, good nights, you prince of Tennessee, or Nashville, you <laughs> king of Oregon? <laughs> We're going to call this episode, uh, episode two, Cruise Control. So <laughs> um, it's uh, just Mr. Lebowski and Zach Lyons uh, for this episode. I was not able to record last night with the other boys, so I kind of hated not being able to get my uh, get my opinion in there with them, but I'll give you some more of uh, more of my delicious takes. At least I hope you think they're delicious. You're probably so tired of hearing us rail on Mariota at this point that uh, we went pretty easy last night. Really? I know you haven't had time to listen to it because of work, but you know, we I I was sad, like because you know I went to Denver and I never really bought the ticket yeah. to go. I mean, it ended up being the same cost of just flying straight to California, right? So stopping off and maybe having the chance to go see the Titans at Denver. First off, Denver's one step above Buffalo in terms of exciting cities. It was the, that I've always, down. I've always heard people talk about like what a fun place it that is. That downtown was desolate. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if maybe I'm just unlucky, but maybe the Titans aren't a big draw or something. I think it's because that city is just surrounded with badassery. Yeah. You could drive 45 minutes into the mountains. It must be. And it looks like Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, maybe I stayed at the wrong, you know, I stayed right downtown. I mean, it's a 30-minute walk to the stadium where, where I stayed, but I mean, I stayed near their Market Street and all that kind of stuff, and it wasn't packed. I that actually gigant, saw that gigantic ass airport that's like an hour outside oh the city. Oh my god, that thing is big and I've gone went upstairs, downstairs. I mean, I was all turned around. That one point all you see is the correct signs and then the signs stop right where they're pointing up, but they're not pointing really and then you keep on walking you're like, "Okay, I guess yeah. it points up. I'm going up these stairs." No, you don't go up those stairs. I don't know what those stairs go to, but it it was it was a weird it's it's like I probably would go with more people. Yeah. Going by yourself was not fun. And not every, a couple of people were friendly, but I mean, I had the shittiest chicken wings I've ever <laughs> had at the sports bar. Oh, you posted yeah. that. It was like oh. chewy and something else. And yeah. I was like, nah, that's not okay. And it was like, if they were any thicker, they would be definitely undercooked. Like they were bordering on. Okay, I'm gonna have to probably send these back. So anyone, if you, if you haven't heard my take on chicken wings, our take, I think Zach yeah. agrees with me. I want crunchy chicken wings. I don't care necessarily how big they are, but the skin's got to be crunchy. Right, and these were Bring like chewy bullshit, rubby, rubbery. Uh-uh. And then of course I find That's the foul. one bo- the one sports bar I go to ha- is loaded with UT fans jerking each other off over this Mississippi State win. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of their names is Zach. So every so often I hear Zach, Zach, and I have to turn because I don't know. I mean, because I literally did run into people that I knew. I ran into someone I hadn't seen in, in at high school. In Denver. In Denver. At my hotel. And they're not even staying at my <clears throat> hotel. They were just up there having beers at my hotel. And I'm walking by and I hear Zach Lyons. And literally they were there for the, the hockey game, not even the... Because uh, they're Colorado fans, so they just came on a whim to the hockey game. So I, I <laughs> had, so weird. I ran into a high school friend one time in Times Square, and I met a girl at Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany, who went to MTSU and had a class 
like right at the same class, like right after mine. That's insane. Yeah. Like, what are the chances? I know. That's crazy. Um, all right. I think Marcus is. Oh, and let me throw this out there. Ask me at the end of the episode about the um, Denver International Airport. There's okay. a huge conspiracy theory <laughs> around it, and I would love to get your opinion on it because it's completely insane. Let's start with Mariota because this is kind of something that's been weighing on me, and I want to get out there because I know our Twitter feed, my Twitter feed, Mike Miracle's Twitter feed is filled with. You all are Marcus haters. Now, and I feel like we've made well, our... Mike definitely is. Mike is 100% a hater. No, he, he's... And all kidding, he's not. It's just the hole is dug so deep at this point, there's no recovering. Right. But, but I at least want to throw this out there. But to give you all some perspective, especially those who may have been listening and they're like, I, just, I can't listen to this anymore because they talk about Marcus. A... This is probably going to be one of the last times we talk about Marcus for yeah, a while. Barring injury to Ryan Bingo. Tannehill. And it's, again, nothing against Marcus. It's just he's the backup yeah. now. But to put some context here, I I am not like a never Mariota. You know, like there's never Trumpers and never this and never that. I, I was never a never Mar. I was on the field during the like season ticket holder draft party thing when they were passing out Hawaiian Lays. And you got to go visit the locker room, and we watched him get drafted on the Jumbotron, and I went ape shit like everybody else. I was a Mariota truther for the longest time. It was about midway through last season that I, I started to kind of get that sinking feeling that it wasn't going to work with him, but I, I really tried to bite my tongue. And that's out of fandom. It's, it's out of complete irrationality, right? It's like how you get at the end of a relationship. You start to think really irrational to try to stay in this bad boy. But it wasn't until this year that I snapped. I know we've been down this rabbit hole. I won't go down it again. It's definitely abusive relationship. It, no, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Because I, I've said it before, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. And when you get just like, you just don't, you're done with it. And that's unfortunately what happened yeah. this season with Marcus. Just the regression over, you know, five games. But it's Tannehill time. Tana Thrill, or are you a Stana, <laughs> Are you Stana Hill or Tana Thrill? I've seen both now. Uh, which one are you? I don't know that I want to go Stana Hill because that makes it sound like I've been just waiting for Tana Hill. Right. I, I'll go with. T- <laughs> I'll go with Tana Thrill, even though that makes me want to throw up <laughs> saying it. Because the only thing thrilling to me is that he's got a really attractive wife. And then he occasionally has flashes of being a really good quarterback. And then he, he has gets, thrown for 4,000 yards. I know he has, he has. So I, I like, I, I like Tana thrill because I know everybody else hates it. It's, it's, <laughs> that's exactly. it's, it's straight garbage, but, but <laughs> that's, that's why I love it so much. And I'm going to continue to use it. But so, I, but, but the last thing I'll say about Mario before we move on, is like, I just, I don't, I don't want to leave a bad taste in the mouth that this podcast has been foaming at the mouth waiting for him to come out of the lineup because I I didn't want it for the longest time. I had a long conversation with my brother the other night, probably way too long about a football team and football players. But it breaks my heart to see him bench. It really does. And then when he gave that little statement in the locker room the other day, I mean, got was, in the feels, that got it? me in the feels. That was almost a tearjerker. It, it really felt like shit. But at the same time, it's like, are you here to root for a team because you like a player regardless of how he plays or, or do you want your football team to win at any cost? 
I'll look at it this way because I think that's an interesting point because you have a lot of Oregon fans who they don't have a sports team to really – a pro sports team in the NFL, right? Right. You would think they would all be Seattle fans. I don't know where the disconnect happened between Seattle and Portland. I don't know if, they, if there was a civil war brewing or whatever. <laughs> but as, as, an Alaba- as a guy who has grown up most of his life in Alabama as an Alabama fan, I didn't really have a team. So when I first started getting into this, yes, I did follow Sean Alexander and kind of become interested in this in the Seahawks because I mean Sean Alexander at the time was one of the best running backs. Oh yeah, I was produced. huge Sean Alexander. So fan. so I can I can get the whole point of but if I would have stayed that route, I'd be mm-hmm. rooting for about 15 teams with Alabama running right. backs or whatever. I would have no loyalty. And at some point, I got to Nashville, and it was like, oh, there was a professional football team here. And we went into a game, and it was like, oh, oh, okay, I can get behind this team. You know, Steve McNair, Eddie George. I mean, yeah, I'll be a Titans. I mean, th- that was probably the worst decision, probably the second worst decision I've ever made in my life, becoming <laughs> a Titans fan. But... At some point, is Marcus the only Oregon player ever to play in the NFL? And were they all Joey Harrington? Or Joey Harrington was Oregon State, I think. So are they all just going to jump ship to wherever Herbert is starting, I guess, next? Where's the loyalty to Marcus after that? No, and that's what's so – you and I have railed about it, particularly on our podcast in, in the past, is that I, I don't have love for the Peyton Manning-only fan. Yeah. I don't have love for the – I rooted for UT and now I'm going to root for Peyton Manning over rooting for the home team, the Titans, because he went to my favorite it's college. The, the, I literally have seen people wear a either vice versa, either or a Colts jersey with a Titans shirt underneath or a Titans jersey with a Colts shirt underneath. Oh, yeah. I've even seen the dreaded combination at Titans games of like a UT you know, Manning fan. Yeah, exactly. UT like jerseys. The UT Manning jersey with like a Broncos hat or a. Colts, it's just, it makes me want to throw up. But here's the example I'll use, and I'll just throw it out there. I know it's not a fair comparison, but I think this is the best, like, comparison to what you and I are talking about. Imagine yourself as a Patriots fan. Terrible life, right? But the worst. Well, you do live in Boston. Yeah, but um, so, I mean, that is a win at any cost team. I mean, if Brady showed any signs of regression over the next three to five games, Belichick would get rid of him in a heartbeat, right? right? No question about that. So if you're a diehard Brady fan, you have six Super Bowls in your fandom. Brady is cut to, let's say it's unceremoniously. Let's say that the Patriots, for whatever reason, pull a Steve McNair, lock him out of the facility. He's got to go. <laughs> Do you stand? I still think that's the craziest thing to lock it, someone out of the oh, We, I'm telling you, we, you and I need to write this down. We have to get that on tape at yeah. some point because that is one of the craziest moments in Titans fandom that I think a lot of new Titans fans, maybe you're, maybe you're too young to appreciate it. Maybe you've forgotten it. Maybe you shoved it in a dark corner like most of us have. We have to revisit that. Yeah. But so let, I'll use that as an example. Do you stay a Brady fan or are you a Patriots fan? The Patriots have given you six Super Bowls. The system has given you six Super Bowls. Now, Brady was there for every single one of them. Brady's gone tomorrow. Is it win at any cost? I think if they, I think in today's society, if the Patriots locked him out, and I know that's an extreme, it, it is. It would never, it would never, happen. it would never, well, it wouldn't fly with. I think society. Sure. I, I think society itself would be like, well, that's mean. 
and uh, yeah, 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 oh yeah, and they, and I think they, but I think that if Brady was treated like Peyton Manning was, let's say Brady has a neck injury, but he comes back and he's really actually ready, and then they were like, okay, well, we've yeah. already Jarrett Stidham's the future. You could be a backup, or we'll just let you go. I, I think that at that point. I don't know if man, this is kind of a, I keep I keep poking holes in your <laughs> your comparison because I think Patriots fans have had enough victory. Like I think they would just be like, eh, whatever. No, no, no. I like, agree. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the uh, okay, let's use Patrick Mahomes because and it may be sore subject for you because you have him in fantasy. I've, you know what? I'm so <laughs> I'm I'm so numb to how my fantasy football career goes. I don't care. Let's say that <laughs> you know it's gonna let's say. It got worse. It they he couldn't come back, sure. and then he is also going to be out all next year too. And yeah. they find something and some new hot thing on the quarterback market, and they kind of just like cut him. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to be around next year. We drafted a quarterback. We really don't need you anymore. See ya. Yeah. You know, Chiefs fans would probably stay Chiefs fans. No, that's a, actually don't you that's think? a. That's a much better comparison than mine. The reason why I tried to pick Tom Brady is because there's a whole loyalty a thing with, with the well, the SEC thing. Yeah. There's a lot more loyalty to college football in the South than there is to like a Michigan fan who's going to root for Brady, who's going to vote for. Brady. So let's set the Patriots aside. I like your scenario because Mahomes has not really done anything I mean, postseason wise. Yeah, he got MVP, and they were a couple of dumb calls. You could argue dumb. I mean. He's D Ford still did the call. No, he did the penalty, but that's a great that's a great question because outside of having Mahomes on my fantasy team, I'm a big Mahomes stander. I'll yeah. argue with people, and I think he is one of the most electric NFL players so far to ever play the modern game. Yeah, the modern game of what it shifted into. Um, I th I do think you would have a small percentage of the fan base, and I do want to say I think it's a small percentage of the fan base. It's, it's a it's a vocal minority. Uh, yes, it, for for Mariota, I still it's a very vocal minority. That's the problem with Twitter. We, we get yes, we and I will say myself get tied up in the Titans Twitter, you know, beefs and rummagings because it's the loudest part. In reality, it's a lot like bitching at people on Reddit. You're like ten percent of the internet crowd that's talking. I about always this. liken it to the election where Trump won because if you were on Twitter, ninety percent of Twitter said that uh, tr Trump sucks. He'll never win. Yeah, this is why you shouldn't vote for Trump. Vote Hillary. Vote Hillary. Vote Hillary, and he wins. No, no, and, no. And, that's I mean, a, that's a good example. And, and, and people are so confused. What they don't understand is Twitter is a vocal minority because the people yeah. that are actually getting out and voting probably don't even have Twitter. They're the ones on Facebook. Yeah. on Facebook. So, no, but that's okay. So to circle back to what you're saying, that's actually that's a great example because you're exactly right. The majority would remain Chiefs fans. Don't get me wrong, you would have a big vocal public bitch out session of how in the world are you going to walk away from somebody like Mahomes? Now Mahomes has produced more on the field in one and a half years than Mariota has in 5. I just oh, said that. I can, sure. I can hear five people deleting yeah. our podcast right now. But but at the same time, the majority of the fans, 75% of the fans, fan base is going to be like, oh, but I'm still a Chiefs fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I, th I think I think that's a, the correct way, and it's not to say that if Oregon fans want to stay and be fans of this team, you know, I I don't care what other people do. 
I'm going to root for this team regardless of who's back there in quarterback. I have not been a, a Marcus fan. I mean, I've always wanted him to succeed. I just never really thought he was. Yeah. And I still rooted for us to win. I still rooted for him to hopefully blow me away and prove me wrong. But that's because I'm a fan of a team, not a fan of the player. Can can someone really tell you how you should root? Probably not, but I don't know. I'm not a big thing of the I'm a fan of the player. If Marcus goes anywhere else, I hope he sucks. And it's not because I don't want to be proven wrong and or something about the Titans organization. It's because he's on another team. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone. He's he's he if he's on if he goes to Seattle and wins three Super Bowls. Well, those three Super Bowls are going to be at the expense of the Titans not winning any, so fuck that. <laughs> it's like I really I really enjoy as a football fan, I enjoyed watching Peyton Manning play. I hated everything about him because yeah. he played for the Colts. So when he went to Denver, I didn't suddenly become neutral to him. I wanted him to fail in Denver. Right. Of course he didn't. Of course, but, and then he also turned the Titans down. Bingo. That was so, another I mean, that was another thing. Because let me tell you something. These players, I don't care what you think. Marcus does not give a shit about what you write on the internet. Peyton Manning does not care that he about UT fandom and your UT and Nashville and Knoxville are so close together and why didn't he choose us? He should have chosen us because yeah. come back home and all that kind of stuff. These players don't give a shit about what the fans say in their defense. That's why I don't understand these Marcus pro Marcus people that are so pro Marcus that if you said that I'm pretty sure Marcus just farted, they would call you the worst pe- you're an idiot. He didn't fart. How would you know he <laughs> farted? And you're I'm I'm never gonna watch your <laughs> fart twenty two ever again. And and you know, I'm gonna like this fart twenty two better than your fart twenty two, Mike, and that's saying something. Like like to me it's like you know Marcus doesn't really give a shit about what go- and let me tell you why I know that he doesn't really give a shit. Because any chance he has, he's leaving Nashville. Right. He doesn't even want to be here. He hasn't wanted to be here in probably two to three years. He spends all of his off seasons away from here. He's over in Oregon. He's over in Wash or uh, Hawaii. Sometimes he comes to California and throws a few things with the boys. You know, a few of the balls. But other than that, he doesn't. He has not ingrained himself in this community like everybody has viewed that he has. He's not here through you know, for three or four months until he's made to be here. When he's made to be here, he's here, but he's not, he doesn't give a shit about Nashville. Well, and that's where to, to start to try to put a bow on this. And the the whole point that, that we're making with this segment is that at the end of the day, you are a Titans fan. If you're, if you're listening to this, if you're still with us after the last several weeks, you're a Titans fan. You, you were, you were a Titans fan from the beginning. Some of you probably became Titans fans because of Mariota, because maybe you followed his career at Oregon. I, I know that I was excited to become a Mariota fan because I loved watching, you know, they call it Pac-12 after dark. I loved watching late Pac-12 games because, you know, you come in late from a college party or whatever and Pac-12 football's on at like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's great. So I saw a lot of Mariota games and he was electric in college, but the point I'm trying to make is that you are a Titans fan. So are do you want to just root for a quarterback that's just going to get you eight and eight and nine and seven? For, let's say he plays for eight years with the Titans. So for the next four years, do you just want to root for a quarterback who's going to get you eight and eight and nine and seven, right? 
And now I know a lot of you are out there saying, well, if you give him a chance, he could win a playoff game. This is the scenario I'm bringing you. I'm telling you right now, I you could see into the future, and that's all he's going to do for the next four years is when you eight and eight and nine and seven. Could you definitively say, as a Mariota fan, that you would be fine with that? I mean, in other words, at what point do you stop becoming a fan of the individual player and becoming a fan of the organization wanting to win the Super Bowl? Because a lot of people have been responding to us, to Paul, to anyone who is involved in the media. I realize I just compared ourselves to the media. We're just a bunch of fucking morons talking on a microphone. But at the same time, you say that the Super Bowl is your ultimate goal. Okay, you're rooting for a guy right now who's not gotten us anywhere close. So what what's it going to be? And so, and that's, that's where we're at. I, I'm trying to make the most logical decision is you can be logical as a fan. Those two phrases, don't, you know, words don't even go together, but I just, I can't do it anymore. It's five years in and it's not working. And the guy got benched and we're just gonna have to move on. And you know what? In a couple it of weeks, sucks. I mean, it, it, it does it suck. Does. And, and, it does. and I know, and I mean, I, I know we talked about it in the last podcast and you weren't there, but I mean, it was sad. It, it was sad to see that it, it hit me probably a little bit there, but going back and thinking about it, it, you know, it's just sad. Oh, no, and let me let me sympathize with Mariota fans here for a second. If you were the type that was cheering when he got benched and you're like, fuck yeah, it's about time, you're an asshole. Yeah, I You're agree. an asshole because while we are sitting here saying that I don't want to root for somebody because they're a nice guy, doesn't mean they're not people and they don't have feelings and it doesn't mean it wasn't written all over Mariota's face when he gave that interview in the locker room and it hurt because whether or not he's playing up to his skill level doesn't change the fact that he gives a shit. I mean, he absolutely gives a shit and the man wants to prove it. He wants to prove it for the fan base. While I agree with Zach that he's not invested in Nashville, he's invested in being a Tennessee Titan and he's invested in winning and producing for his team. No doubt about that. That's why you see so many in the locker room that are being vocal or were being vocal about him being benched because he gives a shit. I think it's just because it was, it was, he's an easy guy to root for. And he's a, uh, he's not mean. He's not, uh, he's not Antonio Brown complaining about all this stuff. He came in, kept his head down and did his job. And, you know, to the best of his ability. Yeah. And and those people are easily liked. They don't ruffle feathers and stuff like that. And he's a he's a easily likable, well respected player in in the locker room. So this guy transitioned me into the into the next thing is a a, a talk about leadership in general. Do, and and then a little bit about Marcus's. You got Rashard Matthews, Delane, or DeMarco Murray, and Eric Decker both coming out saying that his type of leadership, while he's a good leader, is not what the team needed or was needed at the quarterback position. But they said stuff, and I brought this up last night, they said stuff that, Delane, that echoed what Delaney said just a few weeks ago after a few crushing losses about not being able to go and talk to certain players without their feelings getting hurt. Now, that's exactly what Richard said yesterday. So that that has me it's that has me questioning I know that Richard is a quitter. Oh, right? of course. Yeah, no. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that his value is or his opinion is any less, especially when you couple it with those two guys, ex-players, and now Delaney's comments uh, hinting at the same thing that he couldn't really confront Marcus and or he get his feelings hurt. Now that's a that's speculative and making a jump, but I feel like it's a it's a reasonable jump. 
based on Delaney's comments and Richard's comments. What what do you think about this whole thing where a lot of people are confusing what leadership is? Because a lot of people think leadership is being liked and respected. Okay, well, he, he's liked and respected, so he's a great leader. And I, my argument is I think he's a type of leader, but I don't think, and he may be a better or great leader in another setting. I'm not entirely bought in, and I haven't ever been in my, my whole Titans fandom that he is a a leader at the quarterback position that is needed. I don't, I think that <clears throat> this is opinion based and I am definitely going to hit some people's ears that completely disagree with what I'm about to say, because it is an opinion, but I think you and I are on the same page with this. A leader does not have to be a likable person. A, a leader can be one of those people that you can reflect later and think he or she was right. I worked for a lot of, tough asshole-ish people in my career and and I can think back and and honestly some of the ones that I thought were the biggest assholes at the time I actually learned the most the most from and probably got the best skill sets from now I know some people do not respond to in your face I want answers type of leadership I know a lot of people do not respond to that but you know who does respond to that a lot football players I mean, when you look at coaches, I mean, that's all they're right. doing their whole I mean, They're getting yelled at their whole life. I mean, exactly. I think if you were to go and poll the majority of NFL players, they would really like someone like Gordon Ramsay. I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. I know a lot of people do not respond to repeated cursing in your face and demanding answers, even when you are trying to give one. I know how frustrating that is. But what people like that are trying to drive home is that when you just fuck around, yeah. And you don't think about the details from open to close. You are going to drop the ball from being good to being great. I can't believe I just used that phrase. That fucking you, you bullshit. Did it. You did but it. But going from great to being a perfectionist. Yeah. If you want to be a good chef, you can do that shit all day. Do you want to have Michelin stars? Then don't forget the fucking lamb sauce. Right. But so, but the example I'll give there is that is Marcus a good leader from a standpoint of being a moral person, from being a cohesive person that brings the locker room together yes but what's the biggest gripe you have about Mariota and I do too he is not getting in the faces at least I don't see it during the game and I don't see it during well practice. people will point like one or two times throughout 60 something game I think he's maybe reached 70 games now when you can only point to five times max that he has shown any kind of anger or anything in the huddle, after a play or anything, out of seventy something games, that's not good. No. That's that does not that does not lend to credibility to your point. And 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 that's what people like to do. Well, you know, he made that play at the end of the Jacksonville game, uh, in twenty seventeen, the guy sent to the playoffs, and then that Kansas City game. Okay, well that's two games out of seventy. What about the rest of them? And that's that's an excellent, <laughs> excellent point. It's an excellent point. It's it's more inconsistency. The majority of quarterbacks, I feel like, in the league that are successful and that have gotten close to or won championships are the type that will get in the face of their linemen when they fall start, that will get in the face of their wide receivers when they run the wrong route or you know cause an interception, any number of things. You can go down the line with the players. I really think the the majority of players that show that version of leadership have the whole package. 
I, I really think that NFL players respond well to Gordon Ramsay's an extreme example because the man curses and especially his American shows are much more dramatized. But but as an example, the Gordon Ramsay style type of leadership, I think, is how the majority of NFL players respond to. And I think that when you spend five years in a locker room with someone like Marcus and you bring in new players, you bring in young players, and that's their first introduction to the NFL, I can see where a lot of those younger players are going to disagree with how dare you question his leadership. Because, yeah, he's got the other leadership qualities about being a cohesive, moral person in the locker room. That That's awesome. And yes, he's had moments, very few moments, but moments on the field where he's willing to get in someone's face. It's most of the time it's an opponent, though. Yeah, I, I've I've seen very few times that I've seen him actually get upset with one of his own teammates. And and people said that there was the Ben Jones one earlier this year, which you really don't know if he's really communicating something because it's loud in there or if he's really angry or what. Uh, no, 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 exactly. So, That's... I mean, okay, granted, there's one time. Uh, listen, if I give you that one time, you still got to produce uh, <laughs> like 100, time, 100 more. I mean, right. You can go pick four or five times a game that you see someone like Aaron Rodgers do it. Well, yeah, I mean, we and, – and, not to beat a dead horse like Mike has, but you know we both went to the the uh, Patriots practice, open practice versus the yeah. Titans. I mean, he's just every play. If someone did something wrong, he's telling them what they did wrong. And ours, if Marcus saw someone didn't run the wrong wrong route, he's just like mm, okay, and they move on to the next play. And see Brady's, you know, screaming, you know, talking to everybody, directing, and. You know, because those are in-game moments they're trying to create. Yeah. So Marcus has to be the – they have to be a field general. We hear that all the time, that he's a real field general. Marcus is a manager. Yeah. He, he, he manages. He makes sure people's you know, comes to the huddle, and he's like, okay, come get over in the huddle. Get your butt over in the huddle, Lawan, because Lawan was doing something else. Okay, that's not a leader. That's a manager. That's not someone I'm going to follow to the ends of the earth and all that kind of stuff. I don't think Marcus could ever really convince me to lead. He, I don't think he could lead me personally. Now, that doesn't mean that he, I am of the agreement. I, I do disagree with you somewhat because I don't think Marcus really needed to have to be in someone's face and have to yell. You can get your point across by just getting trying to talk to people. Like, he didn't even really want to talk. I mean, how many times have you seen him after a bad play just go off and stand by himself with his uh, grabbing and, his shoulder yeah. pads, or he goes and sits on the bench, and that's it. Like there, there, he should be in these huddles and in these team communications and doing all this stuff after a bad play. Instead, he just kind of is like, okay, well, bad play, Mahalo, <laughs> Mahalo, bad play, Mahalo. And that's and look, it could be you know I don't want to go down this route, but it could maybe he's an introverted person, but but at the same time it's like that's not the place for it. Yeah, that's not the place for it. And I, I think you got to have that other part of the quality of you got to be willing to to let other teammates know that you're not happy with their right. performance. And you know people are like, well, nobody in the locker room speaking now against it. Well, Delaney kind of did, but let's say that Delaney's comments had even though they were totally almost word for word at the end of that connected to Richards, even if it wasn't, how many players in this locker room in in are actually going to come out and say, well, you know, you know, Marcus just sucks. 
or Marcus is not shitty. That's why the X players are doing it because they're not on the team. They're not in a locker room and they're not on the NFL thing. Right. There, there is locker room etiquette. Like in baseball, there's always those hidden rules of baseball where you don't bat flip after you scratch your balls on an eighth inning fly. That's why I can't watch baseball. Yeah. I mean, there's hidden rules. Well, there's locker room rules, too. No, there is. I mean, they would just totally shoot them. I mean, Richard Matthews quit on the team. He got two jobs after that, but he didn't get any playing time. He got, like, one catch for the Jets and one catch for the Saints. I mean, these guys also had their whole – they had were hoping for another stage of their career after the Titans. They didn't get it. And, you know, so then now they can kind of speak freely. Sure. They're free of the locker room. They can sure. speak freely. Well, and, and you know, that's uh, – there are times during the season that you'll see players from different teams around the league to where – you know, I'll make an example up, but like, you know, the Steelers are playing bad and a lineman will come out and say, I mean, frankly, we got to get better play out of the quarterback. They won't say the quarterback's name, but they, you know, who they're yeah. talking about. there's only one quarterback, yeah. right? So, so it's like, we got to get better play out of the quarterback or we got to get better play out of our offensive line or our running game's not working, you know, things like that. You haven't heard a lot of that out of the Titans. It, Fair or foul, whatever. Yeah, but, Saffold has said a few things, but, you know. Which is hysterical to me. Yeah, but he also comes from, it, it's weird. Like, I know. He's speaking truth, but it's hard to take him seriously when he's part of the problem. No, it's like, listen, the comments coming out yesterday from Richard. I posted a gif yesterday, which I think was absolutely perfect. It was, yeah, it's it's from the Big Lebowski. I understand what, what I go by on Twitter, but. It's the, it's the whole scene with, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Yeah. And that's what it was with Richard. It's like, dude, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you're an asshole. You quit on the team. Yeah. So you you were asking me before the podcast what it was going to take me to get back to Yeah, because for a little bit of background, you know, I'm trying to get to the game. Mike's trying to get to the game. And Lebowski chimes in. He goes... Yeah, I just don't. I just don't have a reason to go this I game. I don't. And see, me and Mike, you know, we we did hashtag positive thoughts on the beginning of the episode, not the end of the episode. You know, talking about you know, you can go see Tannehill. Maybe he gets you twenty four points a game, and twenty four points a game is enough. He doesn't have to be miraculous Peyton Manning prime. He just has to be good enough. He has to be just one or two plays better than Marcus, right? To get for this team to win games because of this defense. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons may be coming back. Cam Wake may be coming back. Should be cheap tickets, I would assume. And it's Tannehill, good weather, afternoon game, and you're just like, ah, you can't get me in there. So what is it going to take for you to see? It, maybe it's I need to see this over how many games or whatever to get you back into a stadium to watch a game. Well, this is going to come across. I, I'm just going to say it. It's going to come across up front of you're a Fairweather fan. Yeah. You want to call me that? That That's you know what? That's absolutely it's right? no, that's absolutely fair and valid. I do have a problem with with fan bases labeling certain people as two things: fairweather fans and bandwagon fans. Now, fairweather fans, the reason why I have a problem with it to an extent is that being a fan of a team is a luxury. Going to a game, having a local team is a luxury. It's not a requirement. And now we can get into the second part of this in a minute. But the Titans facility, in my mind, the stadium fucking sucks. But that's not what's keeping me from going to the game. That, that's a side note. What's keeping me from going is that I'm afraid that this, this offense is going to produce a little bit more this week with Tannehill and not Mariota, but not enough to win. 
do I really want to go sit in the stadium? I think they're going to win. For the chance that they may win? I, I just don't, it's not enough for me. Like, the, it's not enough for me because Mariota is not the whole problem here. And he was a big part of the problem, but an offensive, what, what have they done to fix the offensive line in the last week? What have they done to fix the erratic play calling? You know, what, what have they done to look at it? I don't know if we've spoken about it on the podcast, but like it was heavily hinted around in our chat that they've got some cadence issues. I mean, like all that stuff's not just going to magically fix itself because Mariota's now not under center. And I, I really think those that are going to the game thinking that 10, and I'm not saying you all are doing this, but there's also a big proponent of Titans fans that I feel like are going to the game that are like, yes, it's not Mariota, it's Tannehill. He's going to go in there and automatically throw like three touchdowns. I don't think so. Because if Tannehill was that badass, he'd be starting on a team. Uh, yeah, he's starting for the Titans I'd say now. he is starting on a team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's starting for the team now. But I don't know. To answer your question. Um, yeah, what's going to get you in there? I've got to see this offense produce because what i this is not just this team has played bad for the first few games of the season this is this slow downhill progression of the of the system for the last 15 years like a death by a thousand paper cuts yes the league is leaving the titans behind by leaps and bounds and all we have wanted out of this team all i have wanted out of this team for the longest time is a team that will throw the ball down the damn field. That's all I want to see. I mean, if Tannehill can get out there and start to produce that, I'm back in. How, over how many games do you have to believe it? Because to, I, I, I said last night, I'm going to have to see one more game at least after the Chargers game because Chargers kind of is, if we win, which I, I think we will, but they're, they're decimated by injury. So what good are the Chargers to really be a litmus test for this team? And then uh, we had the Buccaneers, which is probably going to have to be a shootout, but they also have a, a, a relatively underrated defense. So I'm thinking two or three games out of Tannehill before I can make a claim about what this offense is with, with him versus without Marcus. I mean, I don't, you know, I hate to say it. I don't know how to answer your question right now because it's one of those things where it's like, I just got done with this Mariota breakup. Yeah. I'm not really interested in going to dinner with anybody right yeah, now. Yeah, you just, you just kind of want to be, I, a, you know, relax, yeah. click on the uh, red zone. Yeah. Kind of like a bubble bath. That's exactly, I kind of just want a bubble bath right yeah. now. So if you just want to, if you want to call me a Fairweather fan and say, oh, okay, well, you're just going to wait for the team to get better to go to the game. Yeah, kind of. What was it? Uh, <laughs> you're uh, uh, detoxifying. Yeah. You're going through detox right after now. Two you're doing a juice cleanse. After two decades of watching this team, yeah. I'm gonna take a few games off. Yeah, I was hardcore going to home games up until about four years ago. Yeah, then four years ago is when I missed a few, and then three years ago I missed a few, and then starting two years ago, you know, I I started only going to games um, if I was offered tickets. Um, so I I don't know. I, right? Wait, wait, if someone offered you tickets right now, and let's say they were in the 300 section, would you go? No. 200 section? No. 100 section? No. So you just wouldn't go. What if it's in a suite? I'm not going to the game this Sunday. What if it's in a suite? No, you would not go. If it, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's hardcore. I'm not kidding. I'm 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 turned off by the Titans right now. Yeah. I mean, after after the last fifteen some odd years of not watching this team adapt to the new NFL, and we talk about the new NFL like it's the new NASCAR. The you know when they changed the car, where they were calling it the car of the future or whatever the <laughs> fuck it was, and they unveiled it a disaster. But like. 
this new NFL offense shit has it didn't just start last yeah, year. Yeah, it's been around since like 2008. Maybe. Right. I mean, it feels like it's been around for a while. And I'm watching a Titans team trying to run it up the gut. I'm I'm very tired of that. And this team went out and acquired a bunch of wide receivers and 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 put some very good stars at the wide receiver position, and our quarterback can't get him the ball. I, okay, should I show up to see if Tannehill's going to get them the ball? Maybe, but... Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think there is a picture that... Uh, I, I kind of picture it... Let's say all the lockers are like a locker room in high school, right? I know they're not, but let's say they are. Do you think Hump Humphreys would open it up and there would actually be a picture of Tom Brady shirtless <laughs> there and he's just caressing it, crying, <laughs> knowing that he could have gone to the Patriots, but he chose to come here? <laughs> do you think that goes through his head oh i am i guarantee that after every snap he comes off the field where he may be open or he ran a play or he had a chip block he's like oh, I, was, I, been I was just gonna say about game three when he's throwing a chip block for a team that is getting shown <laughs> the fuck up by jacksonville yeah. by indy by buffalo there's got to be a moment that he came off field and was like, I cannot fucking believe that <laughs> what I came a ter- here. What a, this was a terrible mistake for $1 million or something like that. Because it was, it was a very slim margin of what we beat them out as. And I think they even came back and offered him more money. But because he gave us his word, like, a, a, I don't know. Is he, like, is he married? Does oh, he have a I girlfriend or something? I have no clue. So, I mean, like, I'm thinking he is married. So, like, he hasn't even got to enjoy, like, the... <laughs> the riffraff and the bullshit of being a bachelor in downtown Nashville. For some reason you're listening to this, like you're outnumbered by bachelorette parties, like eight to one. You know, he's just, he's, it's like that, uh, that meme that is uh Wolverine holding that picture. He's crying. <laughs> that is yeah. him. That is him. So look, I, I know I'm ruffling some feathers by saying this, but I need a game off. I, I really do. I need a home game off. The bye just, week is so late. Like, where? Why is our bye week so late? Like, what did we do? T- to, to Titans, it doesn't matter what the Titans get fucked on everything. The Titans could turn around right now. Go. How many losses do we have? Four. Yeah. So we could go twelve and four. Somehow get into the Super Bowl and win. And ESPN would have a whole thing about whoever lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. I swear to God, they would. <laughs> So let me ask you this. You, you talk about the stadium experience, and we, we are big proponents of the stadium experience being better. <laughs> and you kind of tied this in to a little bit of the run-heavy philosophy that, you've, that we've seen, right? And it all comes back to maybe not getting rid of the strunks or the strunks still being there. Now, you don't want Amy to get fired. You just want her to be more progressive as an owner. So, yes. But it's more revolving around, it stems from the deteriorating, crappy stadium, correct? Or tell us where it comes Yeah. From. So, maybe deteriorating is not the word I would use, but lack of interest in improving the stadium to me, I think should be a bigger deal to fans. Now, not just on the face of it, because the offerings at the stadium suck. That is certainly part of this. But I think it's one of those where, why are we not putting money into that facility? I'm not going to go as far as to say that this ownership group is shopping the team. Not at all. I'm not saying that. But I'm, I am a little curious that this team, the owner is being a little too cheap for its own good. Um, and, and, and I think what you can point to, I think the example you can point to is the stadium 
The stadium's a prime example of that. All the rest of it is conjecture and assuming, right? You can sit here and assume that they cheaped out with Robinson and that's why we went with Robinson and not others, right? That that he was offered the lowest paycheck or whatever. I'm not going to go down that route because I can't prove any of that. And, you know, I even thought about the analytics thing the other night. Are we not paying for analytics because we don't want to pay for it? That's a good point. Or do we not have it because the coach doesn't believe in it? You could go down that road all day. But if you just look at the stadium and you look at what's offered there and what's not offered there, to me, it should be a big, big red flag. And I'll go through them real quick because I know we've discussed this before. I'm not trying to turn this into what, what the stadium could look like. I could go on all day about that. But these are examples I want to give. They constantly cheap out on security. Constantly. That not all the gates are open all the time. Yeah, why did that start this year? I don't know. Like, what is the purpose of not opening up all the gates? I don't know, and that's, <laughs> it's got to be a cost-saving thing. It, it absolutely has got to be a cost-saving thing. I mean, that's where you're going to cheapen that, though? And I think it's based on attendance level, because instead, what, it was 68,000, 67,000, yeah. something like that. I mean, what, what realistically, how many fans are showing up every game? Yeah. 50? Yeah. 45, This would be, be the lowest attendance oh, game for sure. by, no. by far. There is a morbid part of me that wants to go to the game on Sunday just to kind of see the attendance levels. And I do have to say, after that whole fucking diatribe I just went on, I'm not completely ruled out that I'm not going. <laughs> there is a good chance I could get to Saturday and get a couple of White Claws in me. I said it. I said it. White Claw. I could get a couple of White Claws in me and say, fuck it, I'm going to the game tomorrow. <laughs> so, so let me just say that. I'm a huge hypocrite. But, um, but looking at the stadium facilities, this happens in club level all the time, too is that in club level, not all the concession stands work. Not all the beer lines work at all the concession stands. There's one up, my, my brother has season tickets on one of the corners of the club level, and it's on the um, opposite from the river. It's on the east side, you just fucking roast over there. But it's, it's right on the corner, and when you go in, that first concession stand is extremely busy. Half the time, one of the beer, like, both pull handles of one of the beer stands does not work. It baffles me. They have volunteers working at all of the concession stands. Volunteers. They you, do- you know where none of this would happen at? The Predators. None. I mean, literally just right there. None, and and I think and this guy that they just hired for the VP of game day experience or whatever came from the Predators. Yeah, that, I- uh, Gary, Jerry, oh, okay. any guy. I don't know. But they hired him, and it sounds like it's gotten worse and this wouldn't happen at the at, at Bridgestone no and and I you know I went to went to Bridgestone the other night generously from from Zach Lyons um and it's a, it's a different it's I mean the 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 comparison between the game experience of the Predators and the Titans but to kind of go back to what I was saying like even the way the stadium looks it's just bare concrete and they've thrown some red paint on some stuff to make it look better, and and it does. Yes, they've they've upped the season ticket holder thing to where you can go stand in the tunnel and watch the guys come out. You compare that to eighty percent of the league, even the ones that don't have new stadiums and what they've changed, it's cheap as hell. It's cheap as hell. Our freaking pyrotechnics thing blew up on the just field. Saying, I was just thinking about it that is moment. N- this has now stopped the rest of the NFL. From using pyrotechnics the rest of the year. Now, granted, that's a good thing because it's actually a little horrifying to me that NFL teams were not required to have, um, and I just lost the word for it. It's like a fire response team, but they were not required to have one. They had a guy try to put out a propane, a liquid, like fuel fire with a 
fire extinguisher. Uh, let, me, let me tell you I can't this. believe they didn't go off like a bomb. Let me tell you this. they You don't have to have a license to light the fireworks after the end of a touchdown. And, and let me tell you this, because one of my friends, he was doing that for the longest time. I don't know if he still does, but he was driving up from Tullahoma. He is not a, I don't know, if, I'm sure you have to go to school or be something to be some. He's just a, he was just a literal college freshman. I think he even did it one year as a senior in high school, all the way up. Guy, just some random guy with no certification or anything, just lighting up fireworks at the end of, a, at the end of when we score. Doesn't that, that seem weird that is a, i mean i don't i mean maybe there is no fireworks school or something but it seems like there should be for these kinds of events the the game day experience for the tennessee titans versus the majority of the league is so poor and so bare bones i'm actually surprised more fans don't get more pissed off about it but i suspect it's because the majority of the fans have probably not been to other nfl stadiums and fair that's enough. a good point fair enough you know i i know that the nfl I know this may sound a little stupid to say, but the NFL is a little sparse in the South as far as like where you can go to an NFL game. Yes, there's Atlanta, there's Charlotte, but there, there's a gap, there's a big gap in the South of where there's not an, an accessible NFL stadium. So a lot of fans from, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, if they're coming up to Titans games, it's probably the only, you know, NFL stadium they've been to. But the game day experience for, for the Tennessee Titans is one of the poorest in the league. And I really do think you can look at the lack of money that's being spent on the game day experience as a direct reflection for the shit you see in the front office, in our coaching staff. I mean, I'm just going to go out there and say it. I really, I, I'm afraid the Titans are cheaping out. And I, I can't prove that other than just to point to the stadium. That is a driver of one of the reasons why I've gotten so burned out on going to Titans home games. It's because on top of the fact that the team is on the field and just listless, everything inside the stadium is not doing anything to keep me there. I mean, the Logan shell game, and when they re, they love to redo Get the Logan shell game. Break. And then, and then the Kroger, <laughs> the Kroger race that has been going on for that Kroger and, uh, for so long. That Kroger race has turned into such an amalgamation of go fuck yourself. I am so tired of seeing it. Yeah. I could absolutely care less. I tell you, the worst, the worst. You thing used to, to get me, coupons with it. You don't even get. You coupons. don't even get coupons anymore. <laughs> you know? Like it used to be fun to be like you flip through, and you're like oh, I get like a free thing of peanut butter. I don't think I ever went and got whatever free object you got for winning. But at least there was like a quarter of the stadium that was like fuck yeah, I got a half off a gallon of milk or some bullshit, yeah. right? But like the worst thing to me. The most damning example I can give of this is they still have what's is it Coyote McLeod that does it or, or whoever the guy that would he, he was on the radio for the longest time who does the in stadium announcement. Oh yeah, I make fun of it just nonstop because it's the stupidest thing to me. But by far the dumbest thing they do, and I don't know if they've done it this year, but it's the get loud like it's 1999. We are so fucking pathetic. As an organization, that we've got a guy yelling out, get loud like it's 1999. We have to go back 20 fucking years to try to get our fans off the feet in that stadium instead of maybe just spending some money on an actual digital team that can play some music that's worth a shit in that stadium, get rid of that growling dumbass, get rid of that stupid grocery race in this Logan show. Logan's Roadhouse is practically out of business. The Titan Stadium is the only thing keeping their ass up 
with those stupid dollhouses in the end zone. And, and all the fantasy stats are at least a quarter behind. Yes. <laughs> I hate seeing something because, you know, you got TVs up a couple places so you can see something and then uh, one like one quarter later they're like, here's the what's going on around the league and they show something that was from like so long ago that's not even updated. It doesn't even matter. It's a highlight that you probably have already seen if you just walk through the stadium somewhere. This is what I'm talking about. Like, Look at the stuff you get as a season ticket holder that they send you for freebies every year. It's pathetic. Yeah, it was it's binoculars. Pa- right. It's <laughs> it's it's pa- the stuff you're getting is pathetic. The in stadium experience you're getting is pathetic. The music they play is so out of touch that the if you just go to a Predators game and a Titans game back to back, you would be blown away at how shitty it, it is. I, we, we are season ticket holders for the Predators, and they uh, where our season tickets at, they had a special area we go to to get uh, a gift. And yeah. so I went to get the gift this year. And it, and um, the, how the Titans do it, okay, so if you guys season tickets, you're going to get one set of gifts, right? So first off, I was like, hey, where do I go? And they go, oh, you come in here, and here, here's your gifts. And they give me two identical sacks, the Predators did. They were clear uh, bat- backpacks or drawstring backpacks, so they they were clear so you could k- put stuff in them, carry it in and out of the stadium. You don't have to go spend money on a Titans yeah. or one of those stadium bags, right? Then they have it in a really nice box. You open up the box. Me and my fiance got scarves. We got uh, a new type of way to get uh, Predators points to spend in the gift shops and stuff. Um, we got sunglasses. Predator sunglasses and um, some something else. I mean, I think it was a USB drive or something with Predator. That's useful. And I mean, that's that's something that at least they're trying to. Here's it was a really nice scarf. It's a scarf that I'll probably wear to the game and stuff yeah. like that. Like Titans give you normally. I think they upped it this year, but they normally give you. And this is for sweet holders, mind you. I know. They, last year for sweet holders, uh, we got binoculars. One pair. What? One pair of binoculars. Yeah. And how many people does how many how many people are in 20, a suite? 20, 20 people could be in a suite. So for a set of twenty and tickets, you got a set of binoculars. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you this: we did not renew our suite this year. So if that tells you where my, I mean, of course, is my dad's suite and his sure. money, but that's someone who went to every game like I have throughout all these years was my dad, and he's like, yeah, it's not worth it. Because you spend so much money in the suite, and that's what they give you. And it's it's binoculars. And that's this, that's the. I don't point. even think they have the Titans emblem. On. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point I'm making here is that the game day experience for the average fan, to me, the money that's not being spent on it should be very concerning to a Titans fan. It really should. It should be concerning because I think it should point to not that the team is trying to be sold, but that. I don't think this organization is spending money. And here's here's where I'm going to go out on a limb and give you my theory. All right, I, conspiracy I, theory. It's, this could be a conspiracy theory. I believe that the team is probably owned by the Adams Trust. And I believe that the, the Adams kids get, obviously, the tr- you know, the money that goes into the trust is divided how many ever ways between the Adams children. And... Anytime there's an expenditure on the team, even though Amy Adams is the controlling owner, anytime there's an expenditure on the team, the other kids are like, well, now hold on a second. Why would I want to spend extra money out of money that's coming from my cut of the NFL profits? Why would I want to put that amount back into the team? 
Amy, I think you should be funding the full amount of however you want to pay Robinson. Or Amy, if you want to hire a full-on 20-person analytics team, you know, that's going to come out of your cut, blah, blah, blah. And she's probably thinking, well, that's kind of bullshit. I'm the controlling owner, but I'm not getting 100% of the funds that are coming out of it. Look, I know I'm jumping out on a limb here. I know I'm completely talking out of my ass. But is it that far-fetched? I don't think it's that far-fetched. I don't think it's that far-fetched because the NFL has had a standing problem with the way that the Tennessee Titans are owned. And I think the only reason why the NFL stopped asking about it is because Amy presented herself as the controlling owner. Just because she's the controlling owner doesn't mean she's the sole owner. I guarantee there's still some riffraff bullshit going on behind the scenes. And I think that's reflected in the stadium and the amount of money that's not being spent in there. And I suspect that there's not being a lot of money being spent behind the scenes. And it bothers me. Well, let's look at it this way just real quick because I know we spent a little bit on this, but... The MLB stadium that's getting proposed <laughs> looks amazing, right? And it's going over where the scrapyard is at, and and it's being built right, or though if if it were to sure. be built, is right next to this our lowly stadium. This thing will make it. This will make it even worse in comparison if yeah. this were to come to pass. Because I looked at it and I go, "Holy shit, that's a really nice stadium. That stadium would get me to go watch a fucking baseball game." Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. insane that all. I mean, when the Sounds Stadium got built, the Sounds Stadium is a really nice stadium. Everything works. Bridgestone right. always is updating stuff, and right. their stuff is always working, always good. The process is really nice. Everybody loves working there. It seems it's just not that way over at Nissan Stadium. Well, and okay, if for those that want to come at us and say. Well, yeah, the Predators have been to the Stanley Cup in the last couple of years, or they've been in the playoffs the last several years. Okay, fine. That is a valid point. But let me kind of tell you my experience just the other night. As somebody who's who's sat in those seats, thank you very much, who has sat in those seats quite a few times at Predators games, the other night it just kind of hit me what the hell was going on around me in the game. It was the place to be. There was an entire huge bachelorette party taking selfies of themselves. People are pressing themselves up against the glass. I mean, the entire place was filled to the rafters for like the fifth home game yeah. of a, like an 86 game season or how many ever hockey games are played. I mean, I'm we're not we're not about to make a playoff run. We're like in the fifth home game, 30 something more to go. And it was sold out, and it was the play. That was like the social event of that let night. Let me let me build on that. Yeah. I can look at Lauren my fiance and go, Hey, do you want to go to the Titans game? <sighs> is it Sunday? What time is it? On Sunday? Mm -hmm. I, yes. can, I can look at her and go, Hey, you want to go to the Preds game? Yeah. What time? Bingo. And, and she, I mean, she has grown up liking both football and hockey and she, she loves, but she loves going to the game. Us going to the games is a fantastic time because even if the Preds lose, we probably still had a great time in the whole experience, yes. and we're not. I'm not too depressed. I'm not too down. When the Titans lose, it's just such a depressing atmosphere, regardless, because the lead up to it is just so bad. The experience of lo uh, losing a game is so bad, built on top of just the the stadium. And that's like uh, this is the best example I'll give. All of it in a microcosm. We can compare it to these two things right here. And if you don't drink alcohol, I'm sorry if you're offended by this. But if you go into the Lexus Lounge. It's the same bartenders, and they know who the hell you are. Yep. There's not a bartender in the Titan Stadium that would ever recommend or, or recognize anybody because they're volunteers there to pick up an extra 125 bucks for working a game. Now, yes, that's a shitty comparison, but that's the best comparison I can give you is because the two the difference between the two organizations 
from just an entertainment standpoint, regardless of what's on the ice or what's on the field, from the entertainment presentation, it's night and day. Night and day from the Predators organization to the Titans organization. And people will say it's because, well, the Bridgestone has the benefit of having concerts and this and that, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, you Nissan could probably get con. I mean, they get the CMA Fest, right? Uh, yes. Or whatever. I don't know. CMT Awards, CMA Fest, whatever. I mean, they get they get one of those, and it's packed all the time with, and they get the monster truck rallies, anything like that that's outdoors. They could probably get more events in that space if it was an attractive space. It's just kind right. of. I mean, who really right. wants to go? We we saw uh, Beyonce there. Because it was the only stadium in the in the city that's big enough to hold Beyonce, but that it, sometimes it's just a last resort. Think of how many people you could get on top of Beyonce, on top of the Rolling Stones and Metallica. I think played. Do they play? They play Bridgestone, I think. But you could get more and more big acts if you just niced it up. It doesn't have to be because the sound, the southern weather. It does not have to be a dome to get big acts throughout most of the year. Yeah. Well, and it's like even the concessions offerings at Bridgestone, just compare the two from what's changed. In 20 years in the Titan Stadium, the only two things I can think that have changed are the scoreboard and the paint scheme. Yeah. That's it. They haven't added new concessions and that kind of stuff. And don't come at me with that shit in the end zone because those dollhouses get burned in hell. Yeah. But, Br- <laughs> but Bridgestone had Bridgestone's some new stuff. I was blown away by, we came off the seats. I had to come up the stairs and go through the first level concourse to get back down to. All that stuff was new. The Lexus Lounge. Everything on the first floor concourse, there is every possible kind of food you could want. There was uh, Christine Cookies. Yes. That was up there. That was new. And then there was some new bar. And there's always local beer. I don't even know if you can get local beer inside the the Nissan Stadium. Let me tell you something. You're lucky if you can get a beer in the club level. Okay, so... We're we're running a little long, <laughs> but that's okay. We covered a lot of ground. We have. I want to hear about the conspiracy theory with the Denver airport. All right. So this is one of those conspiracy theories I'm not as well versed on. Um, and, and let me preface this by saying I like looking up stuff about conspiracy theories. I don't necessarily believe them. I'm just, I am a little more morbidly curious at those that will get obsessed with stuff like this. But Denver International Airport is one of those that pops up anytime you start looking up like top five, I should say like location style conspiracy theories. Because like Area 51 is a real place, but like there's a lot of people that think that they're hiding aliens in Area 51, right? Right. Which is not the case. It's just they build a lot of secretive aircraft there. But Area 51 is a real place. If you could get there without getting shot, you, you could go there. Denver International Airport has this conspiracy theory around it that it's everything from a like um, continuity of government, which is like if, you know, the world starts to end or nuclear weapons go off, that there's a bunker under Denver National Airport where where politicians, the elite can hide everything to it's a, a FEMA internment camp. And one of the things that people point to is that it sits on, and this is not a joke, it sits on like 55 square miles of land. It's the biggest parcel of land i believe i have this correct it's the biggest parcel of land that any private airport sits on and it is enormous if you look at the fence line from from like google earth or google maps it really is truly enormous now for logical reasons airports give off a lot of pollution they're loud that kind of stuff it makes sense that denver would build an airport a long ass way outside of their city also people don't think about this 
with Denver being at the elevation that it is, it takes a lot longer runways for those planes to take off. They've got to get a lot more speed to build up air under them. Don't let that detract you from conspiracy theories. They think that the airport has to be that big because it's hiding this giant underground FEMA prison. Now, it's also haunted too, right? Isn't it like there, uh, that's a, one of the other things? <laughs> yeah, that's haunted? There's, there's people that think it's haunted. Now, there's also, if you look at pictures, people think that the runways form a swastika. I'm not even going to go down that road. But there's the people that point, oh, oh my God, that's it. That, they're, they're, they're showing it to you in plain sight. But there is... There is rumors that it's haunted. There's a lot of weird, like, modern art that's in the airport. Some of it's like, some of it's just flat out weird. There's one that's like the symbol of that's on the dollar bill. That's the pyramid with seeing eye up top. The whole point of that pyramid is that our work is never done. You can never finish the pyramid because we're always building our country. A lot of people point that too as it's a wink and a nod to the Illuminati. Some oh, of those kind of looks like a swastika. It does. No, it's missing one arm. It does kind of look like a swastika. It really does. But you have people who start to go down the route of they're do they're like rubbing it in our face that they're like this secret Nazi group that runs. It's so fucking crazy. But um, there's a lot of people that think there's a lot of hidden imagery in the airport that points to that it's like this secret underground military base. I even say. It goes so far as to this. There's a game called Splinter Cell that's developed by this company called Ubisoft. Ubisoft makes like Assassin's Creed, Rainbow Six. For any of those out that play video games, they make some they make some big name games. One of them is called Splinter Cell. There is a mission towards the end of one of the last Splinter Cell games where you have to break into the secret government facility that's under Denver International Airport. It's this huge like military bunker. There's people that think that they hired like nuclear missiles and things under Denver International Airport. Well, did they have all this crazy art? That's yeah, in, got all that's this crazy there. art. I'm There's, reading about yeah, it. No, it's great. Yeah, you could go down. I'm telling you, you go down an hours long rabbit hole at least reading about this shit. There's people that think that if you figure out the symbols and the puzzles, you can figure out how to get inside this bunker. It's even gone so far as to like the tram that runs under Denver National Airport. I'm sure you wrote it, right? Because it's yeah. huge. That if you're looking out the windows, you can spot the big, like gigantic, like bullet or bulletproof, like blast proof doors that you can get into. I don't know. It's I love it because it's really it's the kind of fucking weird bullshit that I like. But I don't believe any of it. Is there possibly a bunker under Denver National Airport? Sure, there is, because not far away from um not far away from there in the mountains of denver that i mean there that is one of the biggest largest continuity of government bunkers um right there in the rocky mountains for good reason i mean it's kind of hard to you know penetrate granite of the rocky mountains by dropping a dropping a missile so there there is i think it's about 60 miles southwest of denver is one of the world's largest underground bunkers so yeah, there, there's a possibility that there's a bunker under Denver National Airport, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it for you. If you think there's a FEMA base there and that we're like holding all these people hostage down there, it's probably not happening. Yeah, I don't think that, but I, <laughs> I think it could be like a apocalyptic, you know, emergency sure. plan. I mean, look, there's there is shit like that all over the. As a matter of fact, the whole big thing now is um, private real estate groups are going in and buying old ICBM. Um, missile launch silos up in nebraska kansas montana north dakota south dakota and if you're wondering why there's missiles in the middle of nowhere look up why we have to fire missiles over the pole anyways so but there's real estate groups that are going into buying these things because a they make a really weird house for not a lot of money you can buy one of these bunkers for like a million dollars and they're like 29 39 000 square feet 
with built-in generators, blast-proof doors. I mean, it's a zombie bunker, right? But there's a lot of people that are buying these things up and they're turning them into like ultra-wealthy, like end-of-the-world you pay a lot of money and you can join this exclusive community of where you're going to get in if the world goes to shit. Yeah, the artistic, yeah, the art is the like art, all apocalyptic clues. The, it's like Da Vinci Code. It, no, that's that's a great example. That's what I was looking for earlier. I was trying to say it. A lot of people think that they're trying to, a lot of people are trying to figure out, the, the conspiracy theorists, try to figure out this artwork at Denver International Airport like it's the Da Vinci Code. It's really yeah. funny. Well, that was uh, <laughs> that was not uh, what we call mysteries, Lebowski. That was, we haven't done one of those yeah. in a long time. Uh, but uh, final words: Where do you see the Titans' record being? And then you have to give me one positive thought because you haven't given one. Positive I think that I think the Titans get six wins this year. Six wins. I, I know you just asked me to give a positive yeah. thought, and that's not positive. Well, after after that, um, I really do think you're going to see the team stabilize with Tannehill under center. Okay. I don't think they're suddenly going to turn into this winning, you know, outrageous ways. If they do, great. But I think you're going to start to see the buzzing and the the kind of ballyhoo coming out of the locker room. Would you like that word, ballyhoo? Ballyhoo. Um, coming out I of the locker like room. Because I think Tannehill's going to be able to get wide receivers who need to get the ball, get them ball. Like Corey Davis. I think you're going to see the ball go to Delaney Walker. They need to get A.J. Brown more involved. I mean, every time that guy catches the ball, it's obvious why they picked him where they did. He, he really, I think, could be one of the best wide receivers in the league if they give him the option. I do think that there are positive times ahead for the team. So, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that because I almost went back down the negative side. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there. I like it. Positive, <laughs> positive attitude. Positive. Positive. Uh, you want to close this out? I'll close this out. Uh, well, I guess that's it for us. Football and other F-words. You know where to find us. If you are not following us on Twitter and you somehow found us, we appreciate it. You can follow us at F-words Pod. You can find our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, RSS feeds, Google, wherever you want to find our uh, podcast. The biggest thing, you find our podcast, please rate, subscribe, like, and share our podcast with your friends. If you like it, if we made you laugh, we piss you off. If we, if we talk too much about Mario today. Share it with your friends and say, listen to these assholes and know what they're talking about. Uh, for Zach Lyons, I am Mr. Lebowski, and uh, you've been up.